So today we will continue our study on the Heidelberg Catechism. Um, we'll be looking at the fifth petition. Uh, uh, Pastor Brian will be back uh, three weeks from now, and he'll pick up on the sixth petition. He'll start there. Um, but before we get started, let's pray together. Our God in heaven, we do thank you for this opportunity to just discuss the subject of forgiveness together. Lord, I pray that um, this will, time will be beneficial. Lord, I pray that um, that we will grow more in love with you um, just by reflecting on, on what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that that will um, define how we treat others and our willingness to forgive others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's read... The question, or I'll read the question and let's read the answer together there. It's on, on top of the handout if you have one. What is the fifth petition? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That is, be pleased for the sake of Christ's blood, not to impute to us miserable sinners our manifold transgressions, nor the evil which always cleaves to us as we also find this witness of your grace in us, that it is our full purpose heartily to forgive our neighbor. Everybody here has been sinned against by another person. Everybody knows um, what it's like to be wronged. In fact, everyone here will be wronged by another person before the day's over, because that's, that's the the... the world we live in. We live in a fallen world and people sin against each other. Um, most of the time when people sin against us, it's probably our own family. It's the one we love the most. It's the ones closest to us with just something simple. Um, but there's, there, there's many different ways. Um, many are sinned against by people being mistreated at work by being mistreated by others anywhere. Um, but some have experienced great sin against them. Um, many have been abandoned by a spouse or parents or, or good friends. Um, some have suffered abuse at the hand of another and have known great injury from another person to themselves. Um, some people's lives were even defined or even some can clearly say that that they are not the person they would have been or were before uh, somebody else's sin against them um, affected them so greatly. In forgiving other people's sins is is never easy. Um, And we'll never learn to forgive others until we really understand the forgiveness that we've been given through Christ. Um, and we can't understand what forgiveness is until we first understand what is the debt that we need to be forgiven of. So let me ask you this. What do we owe God? Even from the beginning of creation, before the fall, what, what does mankind owe to his creator or her creator? What's that? Yeah, their allegiance, right? God is our creator. We should be fully devoted to him. You know, he should have our ultimate allegiance. What else do we owe to God? 
obedience. You know, from the beginning, God told Adam to work the garden. You know, it's, and it's man's responsibility, man's requirement to obey God. Right? Praise the Thanksgiving. Right, to praise God. Right, to be thankful to God. I mean, to worship Him as He deserves, because He is our Creator. He is our God. Love. And love, and to love God. Everybody here has failed in doing those things. We've all fallen short of giving to God what we deserve, what He deserves, what we owe to Him as our Creator. How do we recognize our failure? How do we know that we've fallen short of giving God what He said, what He deserves? Yeah, by looking at the Word of God and saying, "How does our lives line up with the Word of God?" Oh, that's that's huge. Um, how else do we know? Or, or, how else do we see our our failure in 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 being obedient to God? Yeah, that's great. Right? When we look at what's that? Yeah, the more we look at who God is, the more we see who we should be. Um, yeah, and you know, I think even in, during the worship service, during the the reading of the law and the the corporate confession, um, God uses that to show us, you know, where we've fallen short of that. It's the, the longer we are Christians and, and the longer we've walked with the Lord, I, I think it's easy at times to take forgiveness for granted, to, to, know, to know it as a theological truth that we have sinned and God has forgiven us. Um, and I think one of the ways we recognize our failure the most is when we strive to live a holy life. It's interesting, in so many aspects of life, the more you do something, the better you get at it. The more you really strive and um, work at something, the more confident you are in your ability to do that thing, uh, the less you see flaws in how you do it because you get good at it. And it's fun to be good at something. Um, But in so many ways, the Christian life is opposite. It's like the harder you strive to live a holy life, the more you recognize your sin. Um, I think we all go through those times in our lives when we find it easier to be complacent. You know, if we don't, if we don't strive to live holy, we don't feel as convicted. We don't, we aren't as humbled. Um, The more we allow the things of this world to take up our mind, the less we really understand how far we fall short and our priorities get changed. Um, but I know at least in my life, those times where I really strive to overcome sin, when I strive to live holy, are the times that I more clearly than ever see my sinfulness and see my inability to live a holy life. 
I, I think the one who walks the most closely with the Lord is the one who's probably the most humbled by their failure. Um, the one who is also going to recognize their dependence on God more than others, and also the one who's going to understand their need for forgiveness because they'll see how far short they fall. Um, and the Word of God is that very thing that shows us our failure. Um, you know, the Word of God, you know, shows us so many things. You know, there's so many themes throughout Scripture that showing God separating a people to Himself. But there's a lot of spots in God's Word where it's just simple commands of how we are to live. Um, let's look at First uh, Thessalonians five. Um, That's just, uh, just verses 16, 17, and 18. You know, and this is just one example of so many spots in Scripture where there's just these imperatives of how to live. And these are just such short little verses um, that will so quickly show us our, our failure to live up to God's Word. Um, in here, uh, Paul says to the, the church in Thessalonica, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing that you could live your whole life, just striving to do those simple commands. Just rejoice always, you know, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. You know, there's nothing hard to understand about that, but the more you strive to do that, the more you'll see your selfishness, the more all of us will. Um, the more we'll see how much we fall short of, of what God's called us to do. Um, so let me ask you this question then. Since we recognize our debt to God and that we have not lived up to what, what, God, what we owe God. What are we asking um, when we ask God to forgive our debts? Are we asking to simply have Him erase our debts for us so that we don't have any 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 debt any longer? Yeah. Yeah, and that's if you look at the the, the Heidelberg Catechism question, that's that's exactly how he says it too. It's uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That is, be pleased for the sake of Christ's blood, not to impute to us miserable sinners our manifold transgressions, nor the evil which always cleaves to us. You know that that's what we're asking. Not that that our debts are just erased. That that our sin is just covered up. But we're asking God to please don't impute that sin to my account. Please don't charge me with the sin I've committed. But please charge that to another. You know that's that's what forgiveness is. It's not it's not just saying let it go away. But it's saying let another pay the price that I owe for the, the debt that I cannot pay. That I have failed 
And there has to be judgment for that. So when we pray for our debts to be forgiven, that's really what we're praying. We're praying that that our faults are put on Christ, that it is imputed to him and not to us. Where do we see that in Scripture? Where do we see Scripture that points to to Christ paying our debt for us? passage and you know looking at the end when when God is truly worshiped as he should by all those whom he has redeemed who are set apart unto him because of the work he has done and there's lots of passages in scripture that also show us that picture of the wrath of God on the unrighteous. There is... Judgment for sin is not light. Um, the, the judgment that, that sin deserves and the anger and wrath of God on sinners is not a small thing. Um, if you think about Sodom and Gomorrah and that picture of God saying, you know, they, they, these cities are unrighteous. And he spares the righteous from the cities, but then pours out his wrath on those cities by raining fire and brimstone from heaven. Um, to really picture what it would be like in that city at that time, you know, there'd be a lot of screaming, a lot of fear, a lot of just realization of the, the judgment and terror of God being poured out on the city. Um, You know, also in, in the flood, you know, if you if you really think of what it's like when it starts to rain like that, when you realize the ga- the wrath of God is being poured out on mankind, the the terror that people would experience at that time, um, you know, is it, God it, it, in those pictures we see or in those stories we see how how sinful sin is, how how much God hates sin in in the incredible uh, judgment that it deserves, the incredible wrath of God towards sin. Um, In Christ, we see his understanding of that wrath and that judgment. You know, when we look at the Garden of Gethsemane, when he comes and knows knows the judgment that sin deserves and, and goes to face our sin for us. Um, in the garden, we see that anguish. You know, And those whom he's set apart and those who are close to him can't even stay awake with him as he suffers through this. Um, you know, and then... On the cross, 
where we see the wrath of the Father poured out on the Son, where we see darkness cover the entire earth for a three-hour period as Christ suffers. Um, you know, first suffering at the hand of man and then and then the wrath and judgment of God that, that we deserve because we have sinned, that was poured out on him instead of us. I think it's easy for us to forget how much anger and wrath our sin does deserve. Um, It's the kind of thing that's hard to express in words because I don't think our minds can really grasp the real magnitude of what we deserve as sinners um, and what Christ endured to pay it that our sin was imputed to him, that our sin was laid on him so that his righteousness can be laid on us. Um, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, actually 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. And the, and at the end of that chapter, um, Paul really sums up you know, in, in a single verse, the uh, the whole concept of of double imputation of us receiving Christ's good and Him receiving our our sin. Um, and he says in in verse twenty one of chapter five, for our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we in Him might become the righteousness of God. That's that's a scriptural doctrine of what forgiveness looks like. That Christ, who knew no sin, who did obey in all things, the sin of the world was poured on him so that the righteousness of God might be given to us. Um, We are free from our sin. We are free from the the judgment of sin because it was poured on Christ. We deserve sin, and yet Christ took our sin for us. Um, so, how should this affect the way we treat others? You know, it's, the way we turn upside down how we normally treat others. All right. How we naturally treat others. All right. It should be. It's, it should. All right. It should. And it. I think the more we can comprehend it, the more it will. You know. But it's. Um, but even that. You know. It. it it has to be according to the Holy Spirit that we, we have that understanding. Um, for us to ask God to not impute our sin to us and then 
You know, when we sin against the God of all creation, and we ask Him, please don't hold that to our account. The 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 vastness of that guilt that we're asking God to, to not give to us. And then when somebody sins against us, it's such a, you know, even the most vulgar sins against us are so minor in the sense of what we've sinned against God that for us then to say we won't forgive them, that we want them to face the judgment, we want, you know, to cut them off or whatever we do to, um, to, to see them punished for sinning against us when we've known the sin that we have sinned against God is so greater, and yet we're not, we're not punished for that. Oh. It should... It, it's really kind of absurd that we would want to see others be punished for their sin. In the question there, or the answer to the, the Heidelberg Catechism question, at the end it says, as we also find this witness of your grace in us, that it is our full purpose heartily to forgive our neighbor. You know, not just to say, I won't be as bitter, but to, to heartily forgive. To, um, to, give to the po- forgive to the point that there is no bitterness on your part. I think one of the greatest places to see uh, this kind of forgiveness um, is in Acts chapter 7. Um, you know, Stephen, uh, he, 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 he speaks there against against the, the religious leaders of the day, um, pointing out to them so clearly how they, like their fathers, um, are guilty of, of crucifying Christ. Um, and then uh, starting in verse 54 of, of Acts 7 it says now when they heard these things they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him um, even that, that that picture of that kind of rage people are just grinding their teeth there's you know, no more rational thinking but just rage it says, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped up their ears and rushed together at him. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord, receive, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, it's, we've all been sinned against in life. But this kind of an extreme right here, right? I mean, they literally just are so angry, they rush at him, grab him, drag him out of the city, and start stoning him to kill him. Um, I would think the most natural position would be to curl up in the fetal position if you're being stoned. You know, to try to protect yourself. If you're going to pray during that moment when people are throwing rocks at you, I would think your prayer would most likely be, help me get through this. You know, Lord, help me. You know, instead he falls to his knees and says, Lord, don't impute this into them. You know, that's, I, I think if we can truly understand forgiveness, I think that's what it means to forgive heartily. Um, that even when others do sin against you, even in the most grievous ways, um, to have a heart that wants more than anything to see them not suffer for their sins, more than to see them suffer for their sins. Um, but again, it all starts with understanding the forgiveness that we have in Christ. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Because without a doubt, showing that kind of forgiveness would be a great witness to the world around us. Um, you know, people who could see that kind of grace and mercy, that kind of lack of bitterness when somebody wrongs you, would be a great witness to others of the reality of the Christian God. Yeah, it's it's funny. The same thing that softens one person's heart will harden another's. You know, um, but yeah, in that answer where it says, you know, we also find this witness of your grace in us that it is our full purpose to heartily forgive our neighbor. 
Um, you know, it, it's also pointing out that that we don't, in any way of our own volition, come up with the, the grace and ability to forgive others. Um, but that is that is um, the um, the evidence that God's grace is in us. You know that it, it is. You know that that shows that God truly has forgiven us if we're able to forgive others. You know, throughout Scripture, there's a few places that, um, um, like in Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer. Shortly afterwards, he, in in Matthew chapter six. In verse 14, it says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Um, you know, and, and even as we read in the, or pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors or have forgiven our debtors. Um, you know, our our forgiveness of others is in no way the first step. It's not like we forgive first, and if we will do that first, then God will respond by forgiving us. Um, you know, the, the the forgiveness never originates with us. You know, and I think, you know, in this, in in the the answer to the question there, that's that's very important to understand that it's. Um, you know, we, we have this witness of God's grace in us that we forgive others. Because, because God has forgiven us, we're able to forgive others. And we'll never be able to forgive others if we don't first understand the mercy and grace of God. But I think for all who do, for all who know the forgiveness of God in our lives, who all who truly understand our sin, truly understand how far, far short we have fallen, and how much we've been forgiven, I think it will become more natural for us to forgive others who sin against us. Yeah, Charlie. Calls on us to be commentators and opinionated and to criticize 
commitment and discipline and mercy here yeah. in the household of faith. Yeah. yeah, justice is not our role. Um, but every sin will be judged. Every sin. Every time somebody sins against you, every sin you have done will be judged. Um, and the question is, are you going to pay that judgment yourself? Or is Christ going to pay it for you? And the same with those who sin against you. Know that that their sin will be dealt with. And it's either going to be them being judged for their sin or them turning to Christ and Him being judged for their sin. Um, you know, and I think no, no matter how angry you are at somebody for doing something, you know, that knowledge that that sin is going to be dealt with somewhere. That sin is either going to be dealt with by them or by Christ. I, I think we'd all much rather see them turn to Christ um, than, than receive that judgment on their own. But I'm going to go back to the, you know, striving to live a godly life, I think is very beneficial to us understanding our sin, seeing our sin, and I think it naturally overflows in, in, in being more forgiving to others. Um, it's, you know, you can only be judgmental to another person if you're looking down on them. You know, I think the more we strive to, to live according to God's word, the more humbled we'll be, the more we'll recognize when somebody sins against us that they're not evil and we're good, that they're just like us. Um, you know, and I think the more humbled we are by our sin, the more forgiving we'll be toward those around us. Let's pray together. Our God in heaven, we do... Um, just pray that you will help us to see accurately how far short we fall and and be merciful to those around us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that, that you are a forgiving God. Lord, we thank you that we have found mercy. Um, and I pray that you'll help us to show mercy. And I pray this in Jesus' name.